Hi, everybody, and welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, your Penn State podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Monday, June 15th, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always, talking some Penn State football. We've got some fun topics to get into in today's episode and a pretty good week on tap. So make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed on all your favorite podcasting apps of choice, such as iTunes and Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, we're available on it. So make sure you're subscribed. Leave a rating. Leave a review. We appreciate the feedback, and it does help promote our placement on those various podcast apps. So if you want to help support our podcast moving forward, that's the best way to do so. But we also encourage you and invite you to be a part of our show at any time by sending in your questions to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Go ahead and like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And don't forget we're on Instagram and Twitch as well at LockedOnNittany on those platforms as well. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started with today's episode right now. look very far to find anybody who was following Penn State football back when Christian Hackenberg was quarterback, Bill O'Brien was the head coach, that would suggest to you that Hackenberg's freshman season showed so much upside potential for his future outlook playing quarterback, potentially at the next level. It took very little time for Christian Hackenberg to become one of those quarterbacks that a lot of scouts were starting to keep a close eye on very early on in his college development because they saw a lot of what could potentially be uh, a quarterback at the next level in the NFL, especially under the coaching of Bill O'Brien. Now, we've discussed what could have happened in an alternate universe, perhaps, or an alternate timeline if Bill O'Brien had remained the head coach at Penn State, specifically what it could have meant for a player like Christian Hackenberg. I firmly believe that Hackenberg's NFL potential would have been much more legitimate had Bill O'Brien remained the head coach because... I just think the coaching styles of Bill O'Brien and his staff and uh, James Franklin and his staff, again, not criticizing James Franklin at all based on what he has done with this program, but I do think that Bill O'Brien would have given Hackenberg a little bit more of a realistic chance to succeed at the next level. Obviously, that didn't necessarily pan out for Hackenberg. Went in, uh, drafted by the New York Jets, didn't exactly pan out there at all. Uh, Spent some time, a very brief time, in the American Alliance or Alliance of American Football. I don't remember what it was called, but it didn't even last a full season. And he wasn't able to hold on a starting job there. So obviously, playing professional football hasn't exactly been the, uh, the kind of the kind of environment that I think Hackenberg and Hackenberg enthusiasts for a long time were kind of suspecting he was on the track for. Uh, That's unfortunate. It really is. But it is kind of cool to see Hackenberg now continuing to pursue an opportunity to play professional sports. Now he's just switching gears. He's trading in the football cleats for the baseball cleats, and it looks like he is going to try and make a run at playing professional baseball as a pitcher. This coming out over the weekend, uh, John Clark of NBC Sports Philadelphia was among the first to report the news and have a quick interview with Hackenberg as Hackenberg confirmed that he has been working out a little bit and kind of training to be a pitcher at the 
well, I don't know if major league level is what we're going to start off with, but he wants to pursue playing professional baseball. And I have to say all kudos to him, more power to him and best of luck to him uh, because it's not very easy to get into that. But I do think it's kind of cool to see a player who is still kind of trying to find a competitive angle. Uh, and I think he has realized that you know, football wasn't very kind to him. Uh, maybe it just wasn't in the cards for him, but maybe he still has a desire to play baseball. And that's pretty cool cool to see a 25 year old uh, just try to find something where he can keep the adrenaline going keep the competitive angle uh, moving in his favor and we'll see where this all goes from here it may not go very far who knows uh, because the layoff front since his last time playing baseball which was back in high school it's not always the easiest of to rebound from but it's not impossible either I mean we're sitting in an age where Okay, baseball's not going on right now, but if it were, we would be talking about uh, Tim Tebow, of all players, of playing minor league baseball. And we, this has been going on for a few years now with Tim Tebow. And if baseball were going on right now, we would still be keeping a mild eye on it just because it's probably forced because it is Tim Tebow. And I don't think Christian Hackenberg would get nearly the same kind of attention uh, as he pursued his baseball career. But it's not impossible to have a little bit of a layoff from – playing your last competitive baseball to making an effort here. So the reports are that Hackenberg is throwing about 92 miles an hour. Again, that's nothing that's going to dazzle in professional baseball, but it's not nothing. And certainly if you go through the training and you, you put in the work, maybe you can improve that. Maybe you can add a few miles per hour to your fastball. Um, you know, do you have a curveball? Do you have a changeup? Do you have other pitches to select from is basically what I'm getting at because you can't just be a fastball pitcher. Well, unless you're going to be a reliever, maybe you can. But I, I think it's very key, obviously, to really focus on variety of pitches and most certainly pitch location. Now, I've already seen the jokes online uh, making fun of Hackenberg's accuracy as a passer at the NFL. But I'm going to say right now, you know, throwing a baseball and throwing a football, two completely different things, two completely different mechanics. Uh, so just because things didn't quite work out throwing the football uh, in professional football doesn't necessarily mean that we should rule out Hackenberg's professional baseball aspirations. And certainly we're not going to sit here and say that he is silly to pursue such a thing. Uh, if this is a goal, if this is something that motivates him moving forward, who's who are we to stand in their way? You know, I, I said this with Team Tebow. Again, I, I thought it was the Tim Tebow minor league baseball thing was a little overhyped, first of all, because it is Tim Tebow. And I think the New York Mets were really just giving him the platform to market their minor league promotions. And that's okay. I, I really have no real problem with it. I don't want to be buried in Tim Tebow minor league baseball coverage. And we're certainly not going to be buried in Christian Hackenberg minor league coverage. But it is something I'm certainly going to keep an eye on. I don't know what this uh, future holds for Christian Hackenberg. But I say best of luck to him. And we'll, we'll keep tabs on it to see where his path goes now because it is kind of fascinating. and uh, At least I find it fascinating. Let me know what you think about it. Do you think Christian Hackenberg is going to have a chance to be successful in professional baseball? I'm not saying necessarily make it to the majors. Uh, certainly that is a, a, a far-reaching goal. But can he be successful in the minor leagues? And how long will that potentially last? We'll see where this goes from here. We'll keep tabs on it. We'll kind of update it when necessary. But let me know what you think. Do you think Christian Hackenberg is going to have a chance to play some professional baseball? What do you think is going to be his biggest challenge moving forward? Let us know on Twitter at LockedOnNittany.
It's about time for us to take a break, which means it's time to sink into a built bar. These are protein bars that taste just like candy bars. They come in a wide variety of flavors. There is something for the nut lovers out there, the nut free lovers out there, and they're all 100% chocolate and they're soft, easy to chew. And more importantly, they fill you up. For me, it gets the job done. It's the perfect mid morning break snack for me, getting me through the early morning shifts that I put in to, until I get a chance to break for lunch. It, they have been very delightful. And Again, I am in love with the orange cream chocolate uh, protein bar. I highly recommend that one. I've also been enjoying the Build Boost powder mixtures that I can pour into my water bottle and have a nice little pina colada flavored uh, drink to kind of give me a little bit of an energy boost with some vitamins and supplements. It's a really good way to get my morning going. You can do the same by going to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. So use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Wanted to step away from the Penn State circle right now to talk about three national storylines that we saw pop up over recent days, certainly over the weekend and maybe towards the end of last week that we didn't get a chance to touch on here. And we'll see if any of them can directly impact what we're talking about when it comes to Penn State. The first story I want to touch on real quickly is the University of Houston putting a pause on their voluntary workouts for their football program uh, just recently. And that's because six players associated with the program have tested positive for COVID-19. Now, if you've been following this pandemic, you know or probably know that the Houston area in Texas has been hit pretty hard by the recent surge of the, the, the virus outbreak. And this is coming as the University of Houston, among many schools around the country, have started welcoming back players for those voluntary workouts. And the University of Houston, when they did so in returning, uh, bringing players back, they said that they were going to test players only if they were showing symptoms for the the coronavirus and this obviously has led to six positive tests among players associated with that houston program i don't know if they mentioned the names of the players and, and honestly they don't really need to because uh, uh, that's not information i need to know offhand but it is kind of a, a general reminder that we're not through the woods here yet we're certainly not in the clear when it comes to this and we've already seen a handful of players at a number of co other colleges have tested positive or people associated with the athletic departments or football programs at so many other schools in Clemson and Alabama, I think Auburn. Uh, there are a number of schools that have reported positive tests as players are starting to come back for these off-season workouts and uh, voluntary workouts. So it's not really a surprising development, but it is another reminder that we're not in the clear when it comes to all of this. And certainly we've got a long way to go. And the good news is, if you look at the age demographics of the virus, it's not having the mortality rate that it is with older people. But anytime younger players or younger people are being uh, uh, are coming down with the virus, they're still putting at risk uh, others around them. So it could spread to uh, people that are older that they may be around, whether they're family or not. So it is still a serious risk as you're bringing players back. Uh, and again, you know, as far as Penn State is concerned, we haven't seen any information about positive tests coming out as players are coming back for those workouts. Uh, so that's still positive news, and hopefully that continues to be the case as we move forward. It wouldn't be a shocking development if we do hear word of a positive case because there are so many out there. But uh, so far, so good, I think, as far as Penn State's concerned. Now, the biggest question is, you know, are we going to have that second surge of this virus outbreak in the fall? It is a serious concern. 
and it's still something that's going to be addressed and that's why you're still seeing a lot of caution moving forward certainly with the media day circuit i know the sec just went virtual with their uh, conference media days which i'm sure was a big disappointment for a lot of people given the extravaganza that the sec media days are but it makes sense and so we're still moving forward with caution we're still moving forward as if the season is going to go off on uninterrupted so that's always positive we have seen uh, some more speculation that stadiums are not going to have full capacities uh, in certain parts of the country. The governor of Texas has let it be known that it's probably unlikely that stadiums in that state will have a full capacity for the upcoming fall seasons. And obviously you're talking about the Texas Longhorns, Texas A&M, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, obviously the University of Houston, Baylor. So many programs that could be impacted by this, certainly financially. Uh, but that's just something to keep in mind. We're still waiting to see what's going to happen here in Pennsylvania. Obviously, when you've got a stadium that seats up to 110,000 people, it's going to be a little bit of a concern. I don't think we're going to see packed houses at Beaver Stadium. That's just my take right now. But we're still waiting to see what the official strategy is going to be with that. I think Penn State is still trying to research all their different options, kind of get as much feedback as they possibly can before they make any decisions. And I think that that's perfectly a uh, respectable way to go about it. You know, there's no need to make any firm decisions right now. Obviously, you want to have these plans laid out as far in advance as possible so as many people know about it as possible. But you know, I still think it's uh, not. we're not at a point where we need to rush to make any hard decisions right now. Uh, certainly, as the fall is going, we'll monitor the situation, but uh, we'll see where this all goes from here. Another story that popped up recently, uh, certainly with all the uh, the social justice movements that we are seeing sweep the nation right now, Election Day is being recommended as a day off for all NCAA activities by the NCAA. Uh, that's pretty good news, I would think. I think we're we're always in a point when we come around election cycles, uh, wondering how our election day process compares to other countries. There are some countries that will vote on the weekend when everybody is or mostly everybody is going to be off from their daily jobs. Obviously, some people work on the weekends. We understand that. But you can get the majority of people to a polling place on a day when most people aren't working. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I've always thought it was kind of weird that Election Day here in the United States is not typically a day off or used as a some kind of a federal holiday to encourage more people to vote. Uh, but we are seeing now voices of action uh, across the country as we are looking for uh, more voices to be heard. And the best way to do that is by voting. So giving players and coaches the opportunity to vote uh, in their however polling strategy they are able to do so. I think that's a good development. And I think it's a good sign by the NCAA to encourage their student athletes to be participants in how the election process plays out. Um, I don't know how many players are going to spend that day voting. I don't know how dramatic of an impact that'll make in the polls, but I do think it's a good way to to encourage players to continue to have their voices heard. Because as I've always said, you know, you can march in the streets, you can have your demonstrations, but the best way to make actions is to vote. So have your voice heard at the polling place. I think the NCAA is on board with that. We'll see how that all plays out. I know that the uh, the MAC is already trying to reschedule their typical uh, Election Day Tuesday game. I think it was, uh, I want to say, Ball State and Buffalo this year, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Northern Illinois. I forget which game it was, but there was a game uh, scheduled for Election Day. So it looks like the MAC is going to reschedule that game uh, following this uh, development from the NCAA. 
And finally, real quick, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, has signed into law in the state of Florida to allow players to receive compensation for their name, image, and likeness. And this is just another trend that continues to be sweeping the nation. We're going to see more and more of this. But now it's uh, pretty important that this is in the state of Florida because even DeSantis said that he's hoping that this will encourage some uh, recruits in the state, high school players in the state, to maybe stay closer to home for their college football. Obviously, that could potentially be a little bit of a boost for programs like Florida, Florida State, and Miami, as they have seen a number of top recruits in the state of Florida move on to other programs such as Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. I don't think it's necessarily inconceivable to suggest that there wasn't the uh, idea to keep some of the in-state college football programs on a little bit of a higher level moving forward. Uh, but that would be very curious to uh, see just how many, how much longer it's going to be for the rest of the country to get on board with this. Obviously, the NCAA has opened the, the uh, books to this possibility uh, moving forward. But the state of Florida is helping to help things go a little bit faster as far as this legislation is concerned uh, moving forward. So... Florida is going to allow players to receive compensation for their name, image, and likeness. Houston has paused voluntary workouts. And the NCAA is encouraging Election Day to be a day off from all athletic activities. That's a look at some of the national headlines around the country. And we'll continue to keep an eye on all the stuff that's going on moving forward. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June... Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things in your life like a mortgage or food or just paying the bills. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50% or more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? That's why rockauto.com is here to save you money. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody, including people like me who have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to cars. They do not require a membership or account login. So you just go to their website, pick out the parts that you need for your car at the best prices available, and then you're going to be a happy customer moving forward. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us section, and they'll know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Penn State recently started reopening the doors for their student-athletes to return to the campus and the athletic facilities, including the football players and probably most notably the football players. And starting today, the voluntary workouts will officially begin for the Nittany Lions. And of course, uh, regardless of all the stuff with the pandemic and the coronavirus, we're going to put that off to the side because once again, now is the time when we can start to turn the page a little bit and start to allow ourselves to look forward to the upcoming season, which is something we're going to be doing a lot of in the coming weeks and certainly the rest of this week as we talk about just what's in store for Penn State in the 2020 season. I'm happy to announce right now that coming up the rest of this week, we're going to have an interview with Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports talking about their college football preview magazine and their coverage and some of his thoughts about Penn State and the outlook that the Nittany Lions will have 
for the upcoming season. I'm very excited to bring him on. Recorded the podcast interview yesterday. We're probably going to break it up for the remainder of this week, but I will make sure that is there for you guys uh, beginning with our next show. But there's no, there's no shortage of information suggesting that there's a lot of optimism surrounding Penn State on a more national scale heading into this season than there probably has been the last number of years. Now, Penn State has had some good optimism uh, in recent seasons. There's no question about that. But it just feels as though right now there's probably a little bit more anticipation that Penn State could potentially be a legitimate college football playoff contender for the upcoming season. And that's evidenced by another preseason ranking, putting Penn State in a very good spot going into the upcoming season. And that is the preseason rankings that came out from 24-7 Sports recently, which had Penn State at number five. And number five, number six, that seems to be a generally acceptable ranking, preseason ranking for Penn State based on what we have been seeing as these preseason rankings are beginning to come out. Of course, the the big ones are still to come later in the summer with the AP Top 25 and the Coaches Poll. Those are the two most dominant polls when we're talking about preseason rankings. But as you see these college football preview magazines come out and these uh, other preseason rankings from some respectable websites coming out like 24-7 Sports, there uh, there seems to be a consensus that Penn State's going to be a pretty good team heading into the season. Now, I was originally planning on putting out a Twitter poll beginning today asking something along the lines of whether or not you think the preseason hype for Penn State is a little bit uh, on par or if it's a little too overzealous. Unfortunately, as I was getting ready to put together today's podcast, I happened to see on the great Penn State blog, Roar Lions Roar, a very similar poll going on on their website. So I decided let's not infringe and step on any toes here. They obviously put the poll out there, and it's a website that I highly recommend any Penn State fan check out. But their poll, as of the time I'm recording this, I'll give just give an update. Uh, their poll question is, do you think Penn State is getting too much preseason hype? And the results early on are overwhelmingly in no. <laughs> 61% as of the time I'm recording this podcast said no, Penn State is not getting too much preseason hype, while 39% obviously say that yes, maybe Penn State is. And I'm going to say I think I would probably lean more towards the no factor here because I've said all along, this is This is a Penn State team that is built to win a lot of games this upcoming season. They do have some tricky spots as we've gone through the schedule last week uh, with the official or I guess an early official prediction for what Penn State's going to do this upcoming season. But no, I think this is a 10-win team almost at a minimum. (laughs) Maybe nine wins is the minimum, but I do think this is a 10-win, 11-win caliber of a team. And it's not out of the question that they can grab a win against Ohio State, a team that universally as well as Penn State is being respected in these polls Ohio State is being labeled a national title contender one of the favorites to play for and win the national championship this upcoming season so we all know where Penn State stands compared to Ohio State Ohio State is the team to beat so there's no no shame in saying that given what Ohio State has done in recent years what Ohio State is bringing back this upcoming season but that does not diminish the fact that this is a really good Penn State team that could be in position to do some big things this upcoming season. Again, they get Ohio State at home. You get that game, that swings a lot of things in your favor, but you obviously have to win a lot of other key games along the way. A road trip to Virginia Tech, a road game at Michigan, a game against Iowa. These are not games to take for granted. A road trip to Nebraska, I think, is still a tricky spot too in November. So, 
as much as I think that Penn State has the ingredients here for something good, uh, there is still room for improvement. We all know that. And the fact that they didn't have the spring to acclimate their new coaching staff with uh, some very key positions that could make or break Penn State's upcoming season, that does put them behind the eight ball a little bit. But I do think that, all things considered, Penn State is still a widely regarded team. I think James Franklin has proven that he has done a lot of work in recruiting and developing the talent that they have brought in to make Penn State a formidable opponent uh, in the Big Ten to Ohio State. Again, maybe not as good as Ohio State, but it doesn't mean they can't beat Ohio State. And that's, that's a, big, a very big key designation to make here. The bottom line is this. On a national level, Penn State is very widely considered a legitimate college football playoff contender heading into the upcoming season. By ranking Penn State number five, number six, or even number seven, you have Penn State on a playoff radar. That suggests that there is a good possibility that they can play themselves into the playoffs. Do they need a couple breaks? Maybe. But you get that win against Ohio State, you don't need as many breaks probably. So uh, I think that's very good. Now, I, I am very curious to see how Penn State would stack up against some of the top playoff component opponents. Obviously, we'll get a chance to see what Penn State can do against Ohio State. But are they in the same category as Clemson, Alabama, Georgia? I tend to think that they're probably not. I still think they're lacking in a couple key spots, but they have playmakers. Michael Parsons on defense is going to be a stud. Uh, they got Pyatt Firemuth, one of the best tight ends in the country, if not the best tight end. We have seen what this running game is now capable of doing, and I fully expect that that is going to be a big strength for them this upcoming season. Question marks of wide receiver, question marks of, with Sean Clifford, seeing if he can develop a little bit more, I think are fair. And I think that those are going to be big storylines. Again, that is one of the big aspects that could make or break Penn State's season this upcoming year. Uh, if they don't have a, a passing game that has legitimate threats, that could be a hindrance in some key spots, especially games against Michigan and Ohio State. But I do think that where we have come in following this Penn State program over the course of James Franklin's career, we are now seeing Penn State on a regular basis go into a season with high hopes and optimisms and a legitimate chance to win a Big Ten championship. Again, Ohio State's the team to beat. But Penn State's probably widely considered the second best team to beat in the Big Ten. So if you can beat Ohio State... You could be the team to be. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing on your favorite podcasting app of choice, whether on iTunes or Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We appreciate all the support you guys can lend us, and we do appreciate the fact that it helps our placement on those various podcasting apps with your subscriptions, ratings, and reviews. Of course, you can also follow us on all the social media platforms. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at LockedOnNittany across the board there so give us a follow give us a like make sure you turn on those notifications so you know when we post new content and when we go live with upcoming live streams it's going to be a lot of fun guys so make sure you stay connected in as many ways as possible and of course we also want to get your questions for a mailbag segment later this week so start sending in your questions to us on twitter at locked on nitney we'll compile them all we'll answer them in a podcast later this week so make sure you get that into us as well 
I'm Kevin McGuire. I'm a contributor for AthlonSports.com. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. And before I go, I want to let you guys know that you can check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast. I was a guest on there recently. Lots of stuff for the upcoming Big Ten season right there. So tell your smart devices at home to play the Locked On Big Ten podcast. And with that, I wish you all a great start of the week. Get your Monday started on the right foot. Get your week started with a win. Go 1-0 today. We'll come back later this week. We've got a great interview coming up with Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports. Looking forward to sharing that with you guys very soon. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again very soon.